Welcome to another episode of the Double Comma Club with your host, Nicole Ruth of the Ruth Team, the number one lending team in Colorado. Interest rates have been on a downward trend since 1981, when the 30-year fix had hit a high of 18.5%. Just three years ago, interest rates were almost 5%. Then somehow the news cycle picked up. In 2021, they had jumped from 2.625 to three and a quarter. And then they kicked off 2022 climbing from three and a quarter to three and a half. I mean, (laughs) are you smiling a little when I say jumped and climbing with rates in the low threes? You are if you bought your first house in the 80s, 90s, or even the 2000s like I did. I mean, these low rates fueled by Fed action, high liquidity, and a shocked economy, they both propelled and offset the insanity, which was extreme housing demand with a limited supply. I don't have to remind you of what happened, but it begs the question, where do we go from here? Colorado's real estate market is now worth $1.2 trillion. Denverites own half of that. They're coming in with a value of $635 billion in their homes. During the 10 years ending in 2019, Denver gained $212 billion in appreciation. In just the last two years alone, in 2020 and 2021, we gained almost the same, adding another $208 billion in value to homeowners' equity. From a current forecast calling for another 10 to 12% gain in 2022, homeowners will continue to build wealth through real estate, while renters will continue to be challenged to afford rising prices. Those wannabe buyers are not facing a rosier picture over in the rental market. I mean, rents in Denver have gone up over 16% in the last year alone. The saving grace, if there is one, is that Denver leads the charts in both hourly and weekly wage growth, increasing 5.96% and 5.64% respectively. Let's double click on wage inflation just for a minute. I mean, workers are demanding more to stay on the job or they're willing to quit. Quit rates continue to be historically high while job openings have hovered around 11 million for the last six months. This is one of the many self-fulfilling trends we are witnessing unfold. The higher cost of everything forces people to ask for more wages, which in turn pushes up the price of everything. Consumer price index jumped 7%, and the personal consumption expenditures, you know, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, that hit 4.9%. Milk, gas, cars, lumber, microchips, appliances, labor, and even housing, yes, I mean, until the supply chain unkinks, we will continue to see pricing pressure. The Fed is doing what it can, although some say a bit late to the party, and the year-over-year comparison will start to numb some of the extreme change. Inflation this last month was 7% higher than it was compared to a year ago in December 2020. As inflation started to spike, in 2021, that comparison to 2022 will be softened. So expect the peak on high inflation numbers in February to be reported in March. But just because that softens doesn't mean that prices have come down. It just means that high prices compared to high prices just doesn't seem as high. On to the Fed. The lovely Fed, oh, what a tangled web they weave. 
When the Fed released the December 2021 meeting minutes, the bond market did not love what it read. It read that not only was the Fed going to accelerate quantitative easing, but now it was going to start quantitative tightening. And right there squeezed in the middle, it was going to raise the Fed rate. Now, I want to highlight that the bond market likes it when the Fed raises the Fed rate in the face of high inflation. Inflation is the arch enemy of bonds, stripping away the future purchasing power of a fixed income product. Higher short-term rates, like the Fed rate, will increase the short-term cost of money, slowing down the economy and lowering long-term rates. But quantitative tightening? Well, that's another story. With almost $9 trillion on the Fed's balance sheet, the time has come to actively start allowing it to run off. In comparison, during 2019, the Fed balance was less than $4 trillion. So while quantitative easing is taking away the biggest buyer in the mortgage-backed security and treasury market, this action adds more supply. So as you know, more supply, less demand equals lower prices, and lower bond prices have higher yields, ergo higher long-term mortgage rates. So how high will they go? A tug of war has started. A strong economy like we have had would usually support higher interest rates, but rates have been kept down low due to high liquidity and large Fed purchases. Inflation sparked by supply chain issues have forced higher wages that will not give back as easily as the cost of raw goods. All of this to say that rates will continue to go up until they go down. I mean, watch the 10-year treasury. If it breaks through the 2% mark, the 30-year fixed mortgage rate will likely hit 4%. Until then, it will bounce between 3.375 and 3.875. Until the Fed action increases short-term rates enough to pull the plug on the economic revival, forcing a slowdown, which results in lower long-term rates. I mean, also watch for the manufacturing index to come back down and the two-year and the 10-year treasuries to invert amongst all the other metrics that we watch, which are telltale signs for an upcoming recession. So with rates and prices going up, what's the answer? Buy. Buy. That's the answer. They're not making land anymore. A concept understood by the likes of Mark Twain and Will Rogers in the 1800s, and no less true today. Whether rates go up or go down, the price of homes will continue to appreciate. With existing home inventory breaking the lowest ever record at 1,184 active listings at the end of January, and builders focusing more on the profits available in multifamily, locking in today's home price, even at an average close to list of 102%, starts you on the path of building the kind of wealth that gives you options. Buyers today, my plea to you is to be all in. Fully underwritten, asset secured, budget reviewed, highest and best known offer price. Optimize a creative lender agent team to waive the deadlines when appropriate and close quickly. I do not expect inventory to loosen up for several more months. Waiting will most assuredly cost you. Until next time, that's a wrap for this month's Market Trends Update. It's my pleasure to keep you updated. Nicole Ruth, The Ruth Team of Fairway Mortgage. You've been listening to the Double Comma Club. Never miss an episode. Subscribe at 
thedoublecommaclub.com to hear more success stories and to get free tips on how you can get on the path to becoming a millionaire through real estate at any age. Remember, visit thedoublecommaclub.com and subscribe.